Hey, I'm Clay. I'm Ty. I'm, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm Dick. Uh, all right, let's try that again. Uh, my headphones really? fell off. <laughs> you don't want to use that one? <laughs> oh, boy. It was double uh, fail. <laughs> who's, who's first again? <laughs> all right. <laughs> who's first? Who's is me? I mean, mine is the easiest. I'm last. Welcome. 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 Welcome to Cybercast. We are back, and I'm Clay. I'm Ty. I'm Tosh. And I'm Dick. Can I hear it the other way so I can see which one it was? <laughs> no? The other way of what? With, with Tosh first, and then Ty, and I'll, and I'll remember which one it was. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. So we are back. We had a summer break, and... Uh, for those of you who are wondering where your awesome cybercast was, well, we are back. We took a little hiatus. Uh, two of us went to Vegas, but we won't hear any stories about that because I guess things stay in Vegas. Um, one of us uh, figured out how to record on his mic, and the other <laughs> one of us is, uh, <laughs> you know, just being clay. Did you tell him about how, how I discovered my secret in the bedroom? I oh, are we going to talk about that now? No, we're not. Oh, okay, okay. I was just uh, gonna get my notebook out. Um, yeah. So everybody, uh, uh, let's get into the news. What shall we talk about today, Ty? I guess we got, gotta start with the biggest story, right? The biggest of all the biggest stories. Oh, yeah, like huge, <laughs> mega huge. Because I mean, how, uh, yeah, huge. I would, as Donald Trump would say, huge. <laughs> give, the, give the audience a chance to guess. Yeah. What do you think the story is? And it is. Go ahead, Ty. Pokemon Go. <laughs> so yeah, we were off during the whole beginning of the Pokemon craze, right? I mean, we did we did Pokemon happen about a month ago? It was about a month now, hasn't it been? It has been about a month. Mm, yeah, yeah a little longer because least, I remember. Yeah, I remember. I was I was in in Vegas mid July, mm-hmm. and basically every day on on every local news channel there would, would be at least one story about Pokemon Go. <laughs> uh huh. Like yeah, people so, going nuts over it. Yeah, nuts is uh, the right word to say. And uh, well, guess what? You know, at Cybercast, we will weigh in on Pokemon because uh, that's what we do, right, guys? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, Ty, what's what's going on with Pokemon Go? Going on is. Have you been playing it? How about that? Let's start there. Have I been playing it? Yes, yes I have. Uh-huh. I gotta admit, I have been playing it. A lot or a little? Well, it depends on my... Uh, I'm level 21, so... Mm. That's not bad. Out of what? What's the highest? I'll tell you if it's bad. Uh, right now, the highest is 40. And most mm. people right now are around... Like, the hardcore players are around 30 to 32 right now. Okay. And... So you're soft. Remind your softcore. Yeah, I'm a little bit softcore, but I also started later because it was first released in the U.S. and I believe Australia, and Europe came like a week later. Yeah, because I don't know if you've been watching the Olympics. We're number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> These Americans, I tell you, I always r- want to rub it in people's faces. <laughs> but yes, we are number one. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So, are you guys playing it or not? I have played it a little bit. I usually play it with uh, with with Kai. Uh, you know, we usually just go for a walk. But he only wants to one, catch one at a time. So we catch one and then we come back home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? That's better for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. So what what level are you guys? I am probably level negative five. I don't know. <laughs> 
You could be negative. Is it still installed on the phone or what? Yeah, and I, I'm not playing it that much. I, I'm basically just uh, I'm basically just the uh, chaperone for him when he's walking across the street to go catch something. Mm. <laughs> what about you? The rest of you guys, uh, t- you know, Tosh, you playing it? Um, well, no, I, I've had it installed on my phone for one day. Mm-hmm. I had a, a cousin over. Mm-hmm. He really wanted to play, so I thought, hey, why not? So we went around the block, caught a few. He went home, and I <laughs> I removed it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you didn't did you even enjoy it uh, it's not that i didn't enjoy it well at least I, I wasn't far enough to really get a sense of what was possible because i think you have to be at least level five to be able to to fight mm-hmm. and that, that's for me yeah. that's where the magic is so you know um but I, I i sort of made a promise to myself no i'm not going to get sucked into this because it, it's really it's really pandering to my generation mm-hmm. right a generation that grew up with uh, pokemon watching pokemon on tv playing the pokemon games on game boy because really uh, uh, i guess to its core pokemon is, is just a very smart gameplay concept that could have been applied to any sort of game right True. it didn't necessarily have to be pokemon but i think the combination of, of taking a property that sort of resonates with today's millennials that that i think that's just genius brilliant it's a genius combination of the, the ar and then the you know the, the gps uh the gps element of it mm-hmm. uh, yeah now um you guys know well actually let me just say about myself i have not played it even though i've been across it like you know i have two phones one is with verizon one's with T- t-mobile and t-mobile i like t-mobile because they they mm-hmm. just seem kind of innovative to me right now but they also uh, they did this thing called T-Mobile Tuesdays. Every Tuesday, they give away like stuff to the to the the users, mm-hmm. and they're like, "We're gonna give you unlimited data for a year to play Pokemon Go." They said, "Yeah, and, uh, I remember that." <laughs> so I yeah. almost downloaded. That's almost working. And every week, I'm gonna see that. And then one week, I might just download it, and, and I might get sucked in. Who knows? But mm-hmm. you know, I was getting an audit done last week in my office, and this guy is doing my audit. He's you know, we're, we're kind of behind closed doors. He's an older guy. But we talked about Vegas, and he he starts talking about like you know, hey, what do you do in Vegas? You go to any of the girl clubs and all that. And I was like, so his phone in his pocket, his screen was on. I was like, I want to make sure you're not on a call right now, sir, because uh, <laughs> I see a screen on in your pocket. He's like, oh no, it's just Pokemon Go. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> it, I yeah. mean, the, the reach is pretty far. He says he does it for his son or something, but uh huh, that's what they say for his son. Right. Yeah. I didn't believe it. Right. Of course. So anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, the fraud, the reach is the reach is definitely far. Yeah. But have you guys heard of the the company that that made the company that, that made that makes the game? Yeah, Niantic. Beyond yeah. this game, have you heard of them before? Yeah, yeah, Ingress. With yeah, Ingress yeah, before this. So y'all are familiar familiar with Ingress? Yeah. Because this is like just a, just a different uh, friendlier version of Ingress, right? And I heard pretty much that Ingress really was like making a game that uses like its players to like make make mapping yep. better right yep that's why google bought them before you know that's why google owned niantic yeah besides also advertising they make money from advertising any place that becomes like a a, a pokemon hotspot whatever you want to call it they have to pay for that mm-hmm. so right. it could actually really if you want to have a lure there you have to pay for the lure right i believe so yeah wait, wait. yeah no you don't. You don't have to pay for the lure. I thought you did. Well, the thing it's a is, dollar or lure, lure, isn't it? You get lures uh, during the, the game. But the thing is, right now I'm level twenty one. I haven't used the lure, and I have five lures in my pocket. Right, 
Mm-hmm. But if you used all those up, then you have to start buying it. Mm-hmm. And then in yeah, the but if you're a business, right? If you're a business, you're gonna probably run out of them if you're trying to attract uh, people. So definitely, you definitely, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're, they're making money and they're also using people, but more enthusiastically. Because I never played the Ingress game, but I'm considering maybe playing the Pokemon Go game. But so many more people are playing it. Yeah. Definitely. I've I've actually tried the Ingress game for like day maybe, mm-hmm. and I didn't get it. I didn't, yeah, neither did I. Didn't I bought it to really dive into it and figure out how it really worked. You know, right? But now right. that you play Pokemon Go, you understand it, right? Or that's isn't it similar? Yeah, it is similar. And uh, the funny thing about it is that well, it, it is similar, except you don't you don't, you don't have the whole. Um, I mean, you can you you can couldn't you conquer a place just like you can in, in Pokemon Go, like a, how you can conquer the gym or or take over the gym? Yeah, you can conquer a gym, and I believe Ingress also had like um, different type of missions mm-hmm. which you could do, and that is currently not available in Pokemon. I bet Go. you it's coming. It might be in the future. Yeah, I bet so too. Yeah, definitely. Right, but but it's interesting to see how. Like the launch of Pokemon Go, like really went through a rough patch, man. Like the thing is, if this was not Pokemon Go, it wasn't this big. It would have been dead. It would be dead in the water. Yeah, it would be yeah. dead. Yeah, I mean, but come on, I mean, Pokemon is a huge brand. I mean, ginormous. You know, uh, and same thing with like the Digimon, right? The whole that whole those franchises. People, I mean, if it were a Digimon game, it would be just as huge, and it probably would survive. But if it was anything else, it probably be dead well i think pokemon yeah, cuts definitely. across more sections of, of uh i guess of nerd them and geek them yes digimon yes. is a little bit more local don't you think um no i'm not sure you know uh, you know ashley would if I, we should have had ashley on for this segment <laughs> but uh oh, yeah. yeah ashley would you know she she does a whole po- uh you know whole digimon uh, podcast with uh with her crew password you can use mine to get on the internet i did it Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I mean, I, I know every time I see someone discussing Pokemon on Twitter, I, I, I always see a comment. Yeah, Pokemon is cool, but I'm, I've always been a Digimon fan. Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure how, how that would how it would do on that on that way. But Pokemon came first, correct? Um, I'm not I, sure. Anybody know? I got exposed um, to Pokemon first, but I'm not too sure on it. Okay, well, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Do you remember a rap song? About Digimon? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I know the Digimon no. song, though. I don't know the Pokemon song. I know Digimon. Digimon? That's the theme song, and you know the Pokemon theme song. No, I don't. I'm sure you do. No, do I? Sing I don't it. think I do. Not off the top of my head. Can you sing it? Come on. You guys, you guys, you guys. I seriously don't. I wanna be the very best. No one ever was. Catching is my real test. Trading my cards. I will travel the 
I won't say pop more of a has, has a bigger pop culture following than Digimon does. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, and I, that's I, why Pokemon no. is the, is, is the choice. I think Pokemon is the genius choice here. Hmm. I, I think. Well, I'm not so sure if Ashley uh, will be listening that's to this, fun. but she probably that's, would be. She'd I mean, probably back to different. There's few people will feel that way, but I think at yeah. the point that the majority it has a larger larger audience. I, I would. Say and like Jeff, Jeff uh, you know, her co-host and boyfriend, definitely Jeff. Um, he's definitely Jeff on Twitter. He probably would disagree as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not, and, and they're, they're, I'm, I'm not, I'm not p- say, putting a, qual- a qualitative judgment on either of those. Okay, I'm just, saying, just saying that I'm saying I'm saying the Pokemon has more reach. That's all I'm saying. Right. Mm. Okay. Yeah, reach right. You're right. I, I challenge, I, I challenge any app maker to come out with Digimon Go and see how it stacks up against Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Yeah, you know, you're probably right about that. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say you're right. I'm, I'm, you're, you're I think you. I'm gonna say you're right. Yes. And yeah, it was a smart choice. It could have been so many choices though. You had to really like get in there and be like, what will do it? And that was a good choice. Yeah, and Pokemon yeah. has some has some has some elements built in that just go very well with the gameplay. You know, the right catch the catching Pokemon elements, the, the fighting. Uh, the exploring that goes with it. They should make an adult version with STDs, like you know, in, in the... <laughs> gotta catch them all. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Dick? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you start basic yeah. grabs, you know, it's like level one. Well, they, they wow. could just integrate with uh, with, with Tinder or Grinder. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like it's the negative of winning. Though it's like, ah oh, man, I leveled up. I got you know AIDS, but ah oh, man, I got AIDS. Oh my god! Should have swiped the I other mean, way. Whichever, whichever. <laughs> The, I don't know who the boss is going to be. I would, I would imagine it's the boss. Mm. <laughs> boss. But, but oh, that's you know, dark, man. The thing about Pokemon mm. Go is like, I knew the franchise Pokemon was big, right? Mm-hmm. But I did not know it would be this huge. Because the thing is, okay, I'm kind of gigging on playing it. You guys don't play it, right? Mm-hmm. That's fine. But like, a lot of like normal people are playing the game like the other day i was during during my commute i was on the bus in front of me there was an older lady she was what maybe 40 50 some somewhere in that range and in front it's of big her there was a yeah i know but in front of her there was a young lady around 18 years old both of them were playing pokemon go <laughs> and the thing is those are the least usual people that play but games for that's one. the point that's the point. That's why anything that's like a big phenomenon like this, that means it, it's not just not just one group will play it or else it won't be this big. To be this big, everybody mm-hmm. has to be into it. So, yeah. you know, it could be even uh, my, a, my mom just installed it on her phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah? I yeah, she, yeah. I actually talked to her about it and she was, you know, very interested in the game. <laughs> <laughs> can, I just say, can I just say your mom seems more like a Digimon fan, though? <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 so has have there been injuries in uh in Holland? <laughs> oh yeah, good question. Uh, deaths or I'm not traps, sure. You know, there's been no robbery set up. No uh, that I know of. Th- there have been a couple of stories of uh, going around like p- 
people finding dead people. Oh yeah, but that wasn't in the robbed. Netherlands, was it? In the Netherlands, there was oh. one too. <laughs> have you ever thought about this what if in the Netherlands nothing really bad happens and they just copy American news and it's fake news <laughs> ah, the onion <laughs> I'm just saying because it seems we're, we're, we're way worse than you guys but yeah we have been you know the robberies and all that I think they're copycatting from us <laughs> I think so well I, th- I think I think the first the first Pokemon Go related death is not it's, it's not a long ways away here because you see people in traffic just yeah, no, a guy already fell off a cliff, right? Yeah, I thought didn't that guy die? Yeah, he fell off a cliff trying yeah. to get a Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, a guy was trying to get. Yeah, I think yeah. No, but I mean here, I know that there have been. Oh, you're saying you guys aren't as you guys aren't such idiots like us, so you don't die of playing a game. Not yet, not yet. Uh-huh. no, it's just it's just it, it's, it's just the delay and, and the release delay that that we have to catch up with. Oh yeah, <laughs> true, true. Yes, <laughs> it's coming. I do get how that uh, kind of happens. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I get well, it too. Well, They're I'm, idiots. Sorry. No, but, but like I, I've been actually playing it, and like you're so concentrated on your phone trying to catch that Pokemon that for a couple of seconds you don't watch your surroundings. Okay, definitely, you I'm know? not playing this game again. No, sorry. but the thing is, you know, you gotta learn, teach yourself to like. Okay, I gotta first. I'm gonna tap them Pokemon. Check out my surroundings, you know, find a quiet place so I can actually catch the Pokemon and not trying to walk <laughs> and catch a Pokemon. I'd find a quiet place? No, because people actually do that. And I do it sometimes too. But like, the thing is, I try to be really conscious about my surroundings. Like, I don't want to be get hit by a car accidentally, right? You know, or, a bi- or a bike. I had one time where... I was not focused, and I almost hit a pole. Like, <laughs> nah, really. I believe <laughs> that. Oh god! In those cases, you're lucky that there's nobody with a with a camera behind. You. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh! You might be on YouTube. Ah, uh, jeez. Yeah, you probably are. <laughs> All right, cool. So yeah, well, here you go. Cybercast had their say about uh, Pokemon. Any final thoughts, uh, Dick? Go. <laughs> Okay, Tosh. It's uh, I think it's a very interesting phenomenon. Yeah. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing more games that sort of take advantage of this uh, sort of augmented reality stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this locative gameplay. Um, I think Niantic is is just a really smart company, but um, I think they have to stay smart to keep this this hype sort of going. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to perpetuate just by itself. Yeah, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. People are going to lose interest at some point if if there's not enough. Um, what do you call it? Innovation. <laughs> yeah, innovation just, and a- yeah. added content and right. Uh, if, if there's no, if, if there's no, I mean, right now you're you're saying the the the, the, the top level that you can reach is around forty, mm-hmm. but yeah, what's after that then? <laughs> yeah, good point, good question. I mean, I, I mean, so a game, a game like World of Warcraft, they did very well, but it's only because they came out with expansion packs and sort of. Which is easier to do now, though. What is easier to do? Like to make an expansion of whatever the game is. You just gotta. People just have to, you know, just keep playing and you just try to keep up with them and add on yeah but the thing is this is a pretty simple pretty simple concept pretty simple game so what is there to add on except for more pokemon yeah <laughs> i mean we, we we're not gonna think of it they are that's their jobs hopefully they do i mean if they don't yeah, they're blowing it but you know that's what any any game or business is like 
how do you keep your your customers hooked? Yeah. yeah. But to that point, you know, because they got a whole lot of flack for like how the game actually functioned, and the thing is, they really needed to focus on that first, you know, to get mm-hmm. that in the right space in order for them to continue building on to creating new stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And I do think they do need to do that eventually because. If they don't, people are going to lose interest, you know? Like, the casual players are around, like, what? Level, say, maybe 15 to 20, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so my you. girlfriend, she's playing it, too. And she's, like, at level 16, I believe. Mm-hmm. But so, my final thought, yeah. you know, is, like, it's interesting how it uh, connects people. Because I've actually noticed it connecting people mm-hmm. with a game like this, you know? It's like, wow. You know, actually talking to a stranger about just Pokemon, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I haven't been that a hardcore of a player, so I haven't seen like the masses running around and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see how it connects people on that regard, mm-hmm. and, and it gets people out of the house. I do hope, yes, yeah, that too. You know, you, you actually got to walk, and I noticed myself like I take an extra detour to catch that Poke Stop, you know? <laughs> get some Pokeballs, in, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. You know, and, and I do hope Niantic really steps up their game because, like, the server problems, they fixed that. The urban versus rural problems, they finally sort of fixed that, you know, and now they can, are really able to, you know, build forward. And I really hope they are actually going to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. How? I don't know, but, you know. Hopefully one day, huh? Yeah, hopefully soon because, <laughs> like, I've. You know, that that to me was, especially the urban versus rural problem, that was a huge issue for me. Like, so what's that exactly? Really, you don't have more enough Pokemon to catch in a rural area? Exactly. Or you have to because travel long distances. Mm, well, the thing is, Pokemon is actually... That's like Pokemon real life, though. Based on, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the thing if is, you want to live in a rural area, Poke- you got to go far to get to a grocery store. If you live in a city, you can find like five. Poke- Pokemon live in the wild, though. <laughs> no, so, yeah, they do. So, and actually, that actually, it should be harder to catch in there because they have uh, the tall grasses to hide in. I mean, come on. Seriously. Let's no, go. We're, talk- we're talking about <laughs> the, the, the makers of the game and what they're using people for. So <laughs> <laughs> you have more stuff to you map know, that, out that's in the actually city. Actually what the thing... <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, uh, Tosh. What I was thinking when I first heard the name Pokemon Go is that how the gameplay was going to go. You were just walking around town, and then your your phone beeps, and you look at it, and it says <laughs> a a wild blah 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 appeared. <laughs> <And> <laughs> you're just about battle them on the, on the streets, you know, before uh, <laughs> before you could catch them. It's not quite mm. what I thought, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what yeah. <laughs> what were you saying, Ty? <laughs> uh, so like. Pokemon Go is sort of a carbon copy of Ingress, right? Yes. And the thing is, with Ingress, you were able to, you know, uh, add stuff to the game. And, like, most people that actually play the game lived in urban areas. But the problem now is, like, all, like, I forgot how those uh, spots were called in uh, Ingress. Maybe you know uh, Clay. Yeah, I, I, don't I don't remember. I don't remember. But uh, but basically, all those spots are basically Pokemon gyms, right? And Pokemon, uh, uh, Pokestops and Poke Pokestops. Gyms, yeah. yeah. So basically, they and use they, they use the underlying and all of the structure of Ingress and just overlaid Pokemon on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And the thing is, 
an urban area has way more Pokestops and gyms than a rural area. And also the thing is, urban areas have way more spawns than rural areas. So why did it gym right so much? Kind of fix it to train your Pokemon and to battle. Oh, to Pokemon gym. Yeah, Pokemon gym. I completely misunderstood. <laughs> pump some iron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pump some iron. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were actually no, using right gyms. As like uh, places where they like you go. Ah, never mind. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> uh-huh. So you were my head that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, go ahead, Ty. <laughs> yeah, that, that that is kind of my thought on it. And yeah, yeah. No, it, it trust me. It, it it the thing is that it, you have to work out those those kinks. Yeah, they're gonna iron them out, and it makes sense. The more people who, if more people had used Ingress, they would have had more stops. In Pokemon, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah, true. Oh. But the thing is, you know, Ingress and Pokemon aren't the same thing. And like, when normal people trying to play Pokemon Go and they find out you actually have to go to an urban area to actually catch Pokemon and not get the, your. But let me ask PGs. you this, though. Let me ask you this. Mm. Yeah. Um, unless you, uh, how much did you pay for the game? <laughs> Nothing. Okay. I've I was just asking. One. No, uh-huh. no, no! I've actually considered buying mm-hmm. uh, some um, balls. No incubators. Okay, incubators. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I was like, eh. okay, well, until you buy those incubators, you can't complain. Not you, but people who complain about the urban. Well, you live in an urban area. I mean, in a, it's a rural area, kind of. So do you? It's rural. Mm-hmm. I mean, rural compared to you know Amsterdam. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Well, we got we got downtown, like the city Yeah, but you don't live downtown, like, do you? No, no, no. Okay, that's what no, I mean. But like when I from my home to like wherever I go, you know, mm-hmm. I go to like the city and I hit all the pokey styles and <laughs> my bag is full like that, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, your girlfriend doesn't have to worry about you doing anything else. She's like, ah, oh, I know what he's doing. He's catching <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, she's catching them with me. So uh, there you go. Yeah, so companies actually awesome. pay for their place to be listed as like, you know, I guess a stop or something. Yeah. They can't really do that right now. but I Well, I mean, with the lures, in a way, you kind of indirectly are with the lures. No, but that's, yeah, that's how the game is. That's how, the, how Ingress is based, the business model of Ingress. So uh, mm-hmm. I think they're just transferring whatever was a portal in Ingress as maybe a, a Pokestop in, in Pokemon right. Go. Something like that, yeah. But those are paid for. All right. Anyway. Yeah. All right, cool. So my final thoughts are, you know, Nintendo probably wishes they are the ones who did this <laughs> instead of having someone do it on their behalf. They would, they would never think because, of doing this. You know, the thing about that they have to start thinking about the future, though. And this is, I think, to me, honestly, I think this is like a trial balloon for them. They're like, you know what? You guys go ahead and do it. We'll give you the rights to do it. And now they're like, holy moly, this made crazy amount of money. Let's see if perhaps the next round we can get a piece of the pie. You know, part of me uh, thinks some- that their uh, part mm-hmm. of me thinks that their process thought process was, oh, you want to make an app based of, of a Pokemon? That's cute. You go ahead and do it. <laughs> right. No, I, they, no, they didn't look into the company. The, I think <laughs> the Pokemon company went to Niantic and said, we want a game sort of like Ingress. I'm not too sure on that, so don't quote me on it or anything. But <laughs> mm, I didn't, I, I didn't know that was how it went. Okay, interesting. All right, all right. Well, there you go, everybody. Uh, and uh, if you haven't played Pokemon yet, just don't. 
Don't, <laughs> don't be hate. Why? Don't don't speak for us that way. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm just messing around. Um, yeah, no, nah, it's a fun game. I, I I do it with my son, but yeah, I'm I'm I don't want to get sucked in. Um, just like with the whole uh, what is it the the bejeweled game? What is that game called? Candy, candy Crush. crush. Oh, uh, candy, candy Crush. crush. Yeah, yeah, just like that whole Candy Crush thing. Yeah, I'm not I'm not touching those things. I have an addictive personality, and I know that. No, you don't. This is bigger than Candy Crush. You no, know, I know it's no bigger doubt. than, but what I'm saying is that, you know how you, sometimes you walk into a place and you see just random old, young, you know, people just playing Candy Crush on their phone and their minds are sort of like absent from anything around them? That's kind of, kind of what this is like. Mm-hmm. Except, you know, except mm-hmm. this is more about community rather than what Candy Crush is like, you know, just... Isolation. You know. But, but isn't that with any mobile game now? Uh, if you're, if I don't know, big. A, yeah, I guess. I is mean, but, but the games I play, you know, Monument Value, it's not like that. I mean, I, I, I don't play that on the road. I, just, I play when I get, come home. That's like lying in your bed. It's almost like, you know, yeah, consuming porn. You know, you had to get comfortable with that. You know what I mean? Mm. No, but that's the thing. Like, <laughs> mobile games are basically, most mobile games are just quick games which you can play anytime anywhere right yeah same with pokemon go is like you can open up the app see what which pokemon are around catch one put it put it in your pocket and go about your day right yeah monument valley is something you need to really kick back relax and really play the game and really get uh absorb yourself in the gameplay and like really have a great gameplay yeah, yeah, God. I suppose so. You know, with with an Xbox game, it's a totally different experience too. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose, man. I suppose. Yeah, I guess. I guess right. playing Pokemon is more of a general activity than it is really yeah. playing a game. I I would say so. I would say well, so. Yeah, unless you're really hardcore at it. Yeah. Go ahead, Tasha's music corner. All right. Um. So if I'm counting right, today is episode number zero six six. Of exactly. Cybercast, right? Right. Right. And what, what, what is the significance of the number six? Oh, triple six is the sign of the devil. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's generally the consensus on what uh, the number six signifies. So I thought today I would not necessarily focus <laughs> on a specific uh, subgenre, but <laughs> on a specific band. Oh. A band, a band that, that really taught me to be uh, open-minded about music and uh, appreciate every sort of music the same um i'll just play the first track and you you, you guys will probably know pretty quickly what's what the music is Mafia. and what what no <laughs> and what the band is that i'm talking about so let's hit it
So, any clue? Hmm. Uh, Iron Maiden. No, close. I was thinking that way. Like hmm. it's close to Iron Maiden. They're definitely indebted to Iron Maiden, hmm. but they're not Iron Maiden. No, Black Sabbath. No. Also, very indebted to Black Sabbath. They they also quote that as one of their main influences. But think a bit a little bit later. Oh, okay. The eighty the eighties rather than the seventies. Judas Priest. I don't know. Also, very close, but okay. still no. <laughs> If if you think well, what is the sort of music that we're that we're talking about here? It's death metal. What do you actually? What do you? Well, call? the drop the death. Metallica. Metal. Yeah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Metallica. <laughs> that was Metallica. Um, oh. Mm. Yeah, Man, I mean, if, if you if you're going to if you go if you're going to go on the street and ask uh, anybody, regardless of their 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 social stature or uh, the, the, their their co- their skin color. Name a metal band, though the, probably the first thing that we'll think of is Met- Metallica. And my mind wasn't there, but that's that's one of their older songs, I guess, right? It had to be. I don't. Yeah, know, this I, is from their first album. This is from uh, their oh, album okay. "Kill 'Em All," which they released in 1983. So that that's okay. pretty much okay. what they what they hit the scene with. I, I probably this is not yet the, the album that sort of propelled them into the the, the sort of the superstar stadium packing right. band that they are today. But mm-hmm. definitely gave gave them a first taste of wow, um, there's something that's really visceral and, and something that's really um, really different, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, well, just just a little bit of background. So n- nowadays, uh, Metallica consists of uh, Lars Ulrich on drums, uh, James Hetfield on rhythm guitar and vocals. Uh, lead guitar is Kirk Hammett, and the bassist Robert Trujillo. Um, well, James and Lars, they're basically the two founding members. Lars just uh, one day decided uh, to put an ad in a paper. Hey, I want to form a metal band. Um, and James was one of the people that responded to it. <laughs> and basically the, f- the first <laughs> the first uh, iteration of Metallica, which you hear on, on Kill 'Em All, uh, that was, well, James and, and Lars together with uh, guitarist uh, Dave Mustaine and uh, bassist... Cliff Burton. That was basically the first iteration of the band, and 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 really, I guess they sort of created a te- template for what what a lot of popular uh, metal bands sound sound and look like today. If you look uh, at bands like Slayer, uh, also the new metal bands like uh, Limbiskit or um, uh, would they consider metal Limbiskit? They made it. That, that yeah, cut. yeah. They're also a form of metal. I mean, uh, a lot of people they they sort of look down on that band, but. Um, they definitely fall. If you look at the riffs that uh, that their lead guitarist comes up with, they're they're definitely metal riffs. I actually like them. I used to like them. I mean, besides Me the kind of kind of corny, but yeah. They 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 rocked out. They they have a special place. They have a special place for me. Nowadays I can't stand to listen to them anymore. Right. Uh, you know, except for maybe a few songs, but uh yeah, I think back in the day, I mean, back in the 90s, uh, they were really sort of the, the the big fu band out there <laughs> mm-hmm. but all right let, let's let's move a little forward in in, in uh, metallica's discography again sort of the theme here is if you're the type of person that would say um yeah metal that that's not really for me just consider the discography of a band like metallica it's not all just lighting fast riffs it's not all just screaming in your face it's uh i mean there's a lot of it in there but there's also some genuine songwriting in there and there's um, a a musical vision in there that also evolves with the time, which we'll hear if I, if I continue uh, along the path. So 
basically uh, the, this formation that I was talking about earlier. Um, they made uh, a couple of albums. They made this Kill 'Em All album. They made uh, Ride the Lightning. Those were in the period between 1983 and 1985. They sort of continued uh, on the same path that I sort of displayed with this first song, which was called Hit the Lights. Just really fast riffs. Um, everything just cranked up to the to 11. Uh, the vocals, that's a, that's a big thing as well. James Hetfield's uh, vocals, they were really undeveloped at this point. I mean, you could really hear that he didn't have much vo- control of his vocals. And it was also around these first couple of albums that he really blew out his vocal cords and basically had to mm. relearn singing to be able to continue performing and to continue to, to record. Mm. But uh, I guess the first major leap that uh, that Metallica took after create, uh, uh, Kill Em All and Ride the Lightning was the constructing songs and really constructing songs into these major like epics, almost like uh, classical suites. Uh, one great example is uh, Master of Puppets. I mean, that whole album is, is just brilliant. But, uh, well, the, the title track, Master of Puppets, that, that really something that moves from one section to the next. And it's just really compelling as a musical composition. So let's take a listen. You guys still comfortable? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. How long was that clip? Just so, because I, I, you notice how back in the day they had like these long intros before they even started. That was about two minutes, two and a half. The in, before they started singing, or the whole clip. Oh, the intro. No, the clip. The clip was two minutes. So probably okay. the intro was uh, maybe half a minute or minute. something. 
Nah, it might be longer, man. Might yeah, be longer. But uh, yeah, the, basically, um, if you look at all of their songs, that, that's how they're constructed. There's basically different sections which have different key riffs in them. Um, always the vocals, they seem to come a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Hetfield is one of those writers who will just, well, come up with a riff first and foremost, then maybe come up with a vocal melody or a vocal motif, and then at the final stage, come up with the words. It's, it's a really interesting mm. process to look at. Um, I think Sia does, does does exactly the same thing. She will hear a track, um, come up with a melody, and then sort of put down a demo with nonsense vocals, and then come up with lyrics afterwards. <laughs> yeah, Sia? So, uh, huh? Who did you say? Sia. Yeah, Sia. Okay. Yeah, who we talked about in, in an earlier episode. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to also display a, a sort of different side to them. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the most popular tracks... That Metallica brought out. I mean, this is one of them, but um, the the most popular tracks that they came out with, they're not as hard as 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 most of their discography. Probably the ones that'll stand out to you will be "Nothing Else Matters" from um, their self-titled album, and probably also this uh, track that I'm going to play you now, which is called "One." off of their uh, 1988 album and justice for all it's basically a ballad if you think of it mm-hmm. i mean of course it has the heavy guitars it, ha- it has the the sort of uh you know you shredding know lead. That? what's that do you know a hip-hop song that sampled that um no do you yeah i do uh, but y- y'all know field mob no they're, they're probably a southern group or not 
<laughs> I thought the <laughs> reach might have been a little a little wide, but yeah, they have a song called All I Know. You should look it up, but then you'll you'll recognize it. Yeah, it's there. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. album sort of came at a, at a pretty transitional moment for Metallica because before they recorded this album uh, actually uh, Cliff Burton uh, died in a, in a tragic uh, accident a bus accident um, and yeah of course they, they had a really tough time recovering from that I mean uh, Cliff was really a uh, really a prolific bassist not not just uh, uh, for metal music standards. I mean, he was a, just a, a, a virtuosic uh, a bass player. Um, and his replacement, Jason Newstead, he always had a tough time sort of hanging with, with the rest of the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I should also mention that, uh, well, the, the original guitarist, Dave Mustaine, was uh, was canned uh, before they even started recording their first album, uh, Kill Em All, and was replaced by Kirk Hammond, who you hear throughout basically all of... Uh, Metallica's recorded mm-hmm. work, um, but uh, yeah, Jason Newstead um, on on the album and just for all, they basically purposefully gave him a back seat in the mix because uh, you might have noticed if if you listen to this track, uh, there's not much bass to be heard in there. Mm-hmm. The same as goes for all of the tracks on on that album, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, uh, basically his his tenure within the band was uh, was. Must have been a struggle for him, mm-hmm. and he actually himself decided to leave at one point. Um, but before he did, um, they they re- recorded a, a, a I think about five albums, uh, four studio albums and one uh, one live album, if I'm not mistaken. And one album really solidified Metallica in the popular consciousness. That that is their self-titled album, Metallica, and and they really went a different route in there because uh, all of the previous work before that they sort of produced themselves and that's also the reason that maybe sonically there was something to be to be desired i mean mm. the you you could you probably can hear the drums were really 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 loud <laughs> in the mix <laughs> the the the, lead, the the rhythm guitar was really 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 loud in the mix mm-hmm. and that's because well the two founding members i mean they they sort of they ran the thing and they needed a producer with a big voice to sort of tell them, no, we need to look at what does the song, does, what do the songs need? What does the album need? And 
they basically hired Bob Rock to uh, to record uh, Metallica with them, mm-hmm. the, the 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 self-titled album, which is uh, commonly known as the Black Album. And what's what's pretty interesting about the the Black Album is that I wouldn't consider it a, met, a metal album per se. Um, no. No, I would consider it more mm-hmm. of a of a, a rock album with the metal edge. Ah, okay. Because uh, it, it's not so much about heavy guitars, you know, lightning fast riffs. It's not about mm-hmm. double double kicks in in, in uh, on the drums. Um, it's it's just a collection of just really solid songs. And you know, you'll you'll have a, a you know a lightning fast solo sometimes, and you'll have those just really really fast riffs. Uh, uh, you you'll have them occasionally, but it's not really the the focus point of the album. It's it's really about putting together a, a cohesive record with good songs mm-hmm. um and i guess one of one of the standout one of the heaviest tracks i, I would say in the in the metallica discography is, is, is goes at a pretty glacial pace mm-hmm. but still because of the production uh because of, of the the sort of focus vision that that's that's gone within that album and and, and within the track is, is one of the heaviest things you'll ever hear it's called sad but true okay. slower than most songs but still mm-hmm. it's definitely metal and it's definitely heavy um hey, yeah go ahead. go ahead no you you know what, what song that reminds me of or what song i feel bought, bit that song uh kid rocks i'm a cowboy doesn't mm. it doesn't it sound similar to you i i can't call that i can't really recall that kid rock song but can imagine every time i hear his song i think of that song of course you know because that one came out first but yeah i'm headed out west because i want to be a cowboy baby with a top left back and the sunshine shining cowboy Thank you. 
will add in notes. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting. Um, what's basically uh, different compared to how they would approach creating and mixing a song beforehand, it was um, it's really a wall of sound if you really mm-hmm. listen to it. You will hear that there are basically four different rhythm guitar tracks playing at the same time, maybe more. Um, there's even a sort of U2 guitar if you really listen to it sitting somewhere in a mix. Um, just a really lush uh, sound. Really a, a new direction for the band. Um, and to date, it's, it's one of my favorite albums. Probably Master of Puppets is my all-time favorite Metallica album, but this one is, is a close second. Mm. Um, and yeah, there are a lot of other interesting songs as well that are less heavy. I mean, uh, look at a song like The Unforgiven, which uh, also does something very interesting where basically... They have a very heavy uh, guitar riff for the verse and a very soft guitar riff for the chorus, where usually that would be the other way around. Um, And yeah, of course, a song like Nothing Else Matters, where you have a whole string section playing in the background, which is also something that you won't uh, won't hear a lot on on a metal album. Um, (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, there, there's just a, there's a lot of ear candy and a lot of things to discover within this album, and I, definitely this would would be the album that I would recommend to anybody who's not into metal, because there's a lot more going on than just uh, you know a lot of noise. Also, mm-hmm. you will hear that the vocals they are much more emotive than they were in, in previous Metallica albums. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the album where. James Hetfield definitively lost his voice in the recording process. Mm. So basically after the recording of this album, he had to do some serious vocal training to be able to uh to keep up the vocal. I mean, they're still they're still touring. They're still performing. I think they have an album coming out pretty soon. Um really still releasing albums. Yeah. Was that? I said, yeah. It's funny. That still, the last album I bought of Metallica was in '03, I believe. Oh, that's probably Saint, uh, Saint Anger. Saint Anger. Yeah, that's the yeah. Last that, that's that's probably the most reviled album uh, among <laughs> fans. I, I was I was so I was so shocked at it. I was like, really? And that yeah, you were disappointed. Another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, you were, you one. were disappointed, Dick? Yeah, I don't like it. Okay. Uh, only a couple of songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really like it at first either. Uh, you know, after after listening listening to it again a few times, sort of made it grow. But one of the main things that's missing, I mean, Kirk doesn't play a single solo on that thing. He was sort of, <laughs> uh, yeah, rele- relegated to the back to the back seat in that album. Yeah, really a shame. And the drums, they sound so crappy. <laughs> oh gosh! Uh, but they they did that on purpose, though. It, it's produced by the same guy who did uh, the the self titled album. Oh, okay. Um, by Bob Rock. And you, you can... Basically, uh, the, the recording of, of the Black Album that was probably one of the f- most frustrating recording processes that any band will ever go through. I mean, Why is uh, that? Because Bob Rock is one of those producers who will really push an artist to get the best possible oh, product. Okay. Uh, one one clear clear example is the, the guitar solo in The Unforgiven. He basically just ragged on Kirk until he would get the solo that ended up on, on the record. Just, mm. I think the the phrase that he used, yeah, uh, I want that guitar player of the year solo. Come on, give me the guitar <laughs> player of the year solo. No, this is not it. I want to get the guitar player of the year solo. And just Kirk just got so frustrated all of a sudden uh-huh. that just he laid his soul bare on the, on the, on the track. Ah, uh, 
So he he got he he got out of him what he wanted by basically yeah. sort of taunting and just beating it out beating it out of him. Yeah, and I guess um, well, Saint Agar it, it was produced by him as well, and it's an I guess sort of the same process went on there, but the result was a lot different. I guess what happened with Saint Anger, well, a lot of was going on within the band. I mean, that was exactly the time that uh, Jason Newstead sort of called it quits, uh, sort of had enough of the treatment that he was getting within the band and sort of left. Um, so they were left without a bassist, but still wanted to create an album. And I think they worked on Saint Anger for about a year and a half or so. I mean, uh, uh, at the same time, James Hetfield was going through re- rehab. So yeah, just a lot of stuff was going on. They they you can find a pretty interesting documentary about that time. It was called Some Kind of Monster, mm-hmm. where you see that whole process of recording Saint Anger, them going th- through therapy together, <laughs> which is really, really awkward. Yeah, yeah. They huh. they hired a sort of uh, uh, a sort of band, a a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist who was specialized in coaching bands <laughs> and then uh, what? It's a cool job and and. Yeah, That's and a sports thing? teams. Yeah, it's a thing. Huh. I should do that for porn stars. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would actually like to play a song of a Saint Anger. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm actually thinking of the one now. Mm, I guess just the title track then. Um, I like you will hear song. that this. Yeah, I like that one too. Uh, it's it's you will hear that the sound is much less polished you know, on Saint Anger, and I guess they wanted to go for a sort of garage band feel, which they definitely got. Um, I'll just let you listen to it. <laughs> the theme of the album is pretty clear <laughs> anger it's a it's, it's pretty pretty much literally a therapeutic album if you think yeah. about it there's so a lot going it, on at the beginning of that track but you know what actually that track it needs to be played right after the first track it actually goes together to me 
in my head. Yeah, that one of Frantic. Right, yeah, right after Frantic, it, it, it's a good balance. <clears throat> yeah, but basically, in the entire album, has pretty much the same aesthetic, just really abrasive. Uh, the drums sound just awful. <laughs> I mean, the, the snare sounds like it's it's just uh, it's it's uh, it's just beat up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of fans they really struggled with this album, sort of burned all, all of their 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 Metallica CDs after hearing this album. <laughs> and I'm not ki- and I'm even joking See, about that. So, that's what happened that's to literally me, man. What they Let did. me tell you, with me when I heard that album, and at the time I was getting into System of a Down, I've been into System of a Down for like a couple of years already. I was like, you know what, these guys are done. And when you said they're still releasing albums. I kind of gave up on him in 2013, man. 20, 2003, actually. 20, 2003, 2003, oh. Yeah, so I, I, it's exactly what I thought when I heard this. Yeah, well, they, they sort of slowed down on their pace after after that. I mean, they've made one album since St. Anger, which is definitely magnetic in uh, 2008, which is sort of a return to form. I mean, they, they really sort of regained um, their stature as, as more of a epic heavy metal band instead of just an angry garage band. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they didn't they didn't stick with this direction fortunately uh, but there's there's still something to 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 garner from uh, listening to saint anger i mean it's uh it's, it's still a pretty interesting listen if not it's not a pleasant listen necessarily but uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting uh-huh. <clears throat> um so well, the their bassist left. So Bob Rock, the producer, actually played most of the bass on Saint Anger. <laughs> I think really? all of the bass on Saint Anger, uh, really. But during the during the recording of this album and the release of this album, they recruited a new bassist. Uh, his name is Robert Trujillo. You can actually see his audition uh, on the on the Some Kind of Monster documentary, and it's an amazing thing to witness because you see him just locking into place. Um, mm. He's really a beast of an of a basis, and, and bro- he's brought a whole new swing to uh, to Metallica because you know he, he's sort of a crossover artist. He um, he used to play in, in a band that was sort of a crossover between heavy sort of metal and rock music and funk. So he has funk chops, and he's he's, funk, he, okay. he's a funky character if you just look at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he 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 wears his bass really low, almost to his knees, <laughs> and he, he he struts around the stage like uh, like some sort of uh, animal. <laughs> but uh, he brings a really a really great energy to the band because they're they're getting to be a sort of old old man band nowadays. And and Robert, mm-hmm. he still gives them that sort of energy that they need. Um, mm-hmm. And he he's also uh, like a, a a powerhouse bassist in his own right. I mean, he really has a lot of musicality, and uh, you should also watch uh, the the. They made a sort of behind-the-scenes documentary about the creation of Death Magnetic, that album that they brought out in 2008. You can see a lot of uh, um, footage where they're just working in the studio, and you can also see him playing an, an acoustic guitar, which sort of uh, forms the basis of one of the songs on the new album. Um, and he he's just an amazing flamenco player. You you find out there, so um, a flamenco player. Yeah, he plays fl- flamenco guitar. Oh, okay. Just uh, yeah, I think that's something that he learned from his uh, his dad. Mm. I think he used to uh, play flamenco guitar. That's uh, how he got started in playing music. Um, he's also made a documentary, Robert Trujillo, about another very prolific bassist, Jacob Pistorius, that came out recently. Also very much worth uh, checking out. Um, 
but uh, yeah, let, let's close this segment off with uh, playing a track from uh, from Def Magnetic. Um, what's really cool about Def Magnetic is um, that you get sort of a, a, a overview of everything that uh, Metallica has done so far. Pretty much everything that they've done from Kill 'Em All to And Justice for All, Master of Puppets. Every album so far, at least some elements of those albums is in there. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, it's, it's in that sense, it's a very relatable album for any sort of Metallica fan, whether it's an early, because uh, some a lot of Metallica fans they swear by their early work, like Kill 'Em All or or Master of Puppets. Some they they got hooked a little later, maybe with the Black Album. But this one sort of consolidates their whole discography. So there, there are a lot of tracks that I could play. Uh, my personal favorite, I guess, would be um, the opening track, actually. It's called That Was Just Your Life. one disclaimer about this album something that fans have tripped over is that the mix is not not very good oh it's not yeah i mean the drums are really loud mm. um and yeah just i think the mastering there were some missteps that were taking there it's not it's not really balanced but uh mm-hmm. i mean if you look past that if you look uh um if you just look at the songs themselves the riffs the 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 vocals it's just a, a killer album if you ask me, mm-hmm. I mean, just that opener is just uh, the the epic sort of Metallica that most people love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, the rest holds um, up. Yeah, the rest holds up as well. I mean, there there's also uh, another sequel to the Unforgiven there, which is also just a, a wonderful song. Um, yeah, there's just a lot uh, a lot of candy there. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, the, the the question that 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 one could ask is why 
should somebody get into a band like Metallica? What has done for me, basically, because before before listening to Metallica, I was sort of um, I was limiting myself a lot to particular genres of music, hip hop particularly. And you know, as a hip hop head, it's sort of not done to get into music like like Metallica, right? <laughs> <laughs> but what, what you what you'll notice very quickly is that. Um, within the sort of attitude that Metallica uh, has and has had over the years. There are a lot of similarities with your, your bigger hip-hop artists. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a lot of swagger that goes into it. What it really shows you is that genre is only something that, that people put onto stuff after the fact. And it doesn't mm-hmm. say a whole lot about the product itself, the content itself, the sort of emotions that, that music can elicit. And that, that was really an eye-opener. It was really after getting into Metallica that I was able to appreciate a lot uh, a lot of other genres, quote-unquote, of music. Uh, mm-hmm. Genres that are not um, as sort of easy listening as a lot of the other genres that, that I was listening to at the time. Like what, for instance? Well, you know, um, I, I was sort of... Uh, I, I grew up with a lot of your, your sort of mainstream hip-hop acts, like the, your Dr. Mm-hmm. Dre's, your Eminem's, your... Uh, Biggie's and Tupac's, you know, yeah, and uh, it's great music to listen to, and uh, there's a lot of content there, but it can be really constricting and very stifling if that's all you're you're going to gravitate to. Mm-hmm. So I think as a way to enrich your sort of palette for music, I think it's important that you don't ris- disregard any sort of style of music because of some surface qualities that a lot of people tend to focus on, you know, like um, the the notion that metal singers, they don't really know how to sing or the, the, the fact or the, the, the notion that it's just a lot of noise and that's only about loudness. And right. if you look at sort of the expansive discography of a band like Metallica and a lot of other bands as well, you will notice that it's just, that that's not the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like for you saying like it, it kind of broadened your palette of music, right? And like for like the noob who hears this type of music and things like this is just a bunch of sound coming at me and I don't want to hear this. Like how, how how can you approach it? Like okay, l- let me digest this in a way that kind of makes me understand this type of music. How to digest it? Um. Well, what I what I, think I would what recommend was is. Hmm? No, I think what what Tosh was saying earlier too is like if you listen to their entire this uh, discography you'll see that it's not only that so maybe starting with some of their lighter sounds might help yeah you know a lot of popular bands uh regardless of their genre they always have some sort of crossover success uh and that can well most of the time can be traced to a sort of album that sort of propelled them into the mainstream and with them it was the black album so i would recommend starting there and listening to the album in its entirety to see that there's a coherent narrative and that there is uh, depth to it and variation in it. That it's not only one type of sound, that there is... Uh, yeah, that that a band is, is not... Um, let's say that, that, that a genre can't be can be defined along the lines of just a single type of riff or a single type of drum pattern or a sing, sim, single type of, uh, um, yeah, a, a single type of sound. And then you can branch out from there, go back into the discography, listen to their older stuff, go forward into the dis- discography, listen to a Saint Anger, listen to a Death Magnetic. Um, and then maybe branch out to other bands like a Slayer, which uh, takes 
a part of what we've listened to today and sort of deepens that part uh, or look at what the other band members, the, the former band members of uh, Metallica have done. I mean, they, Dave Mustaine, after he got fired from the, from the band, started his own band, which uh, has gained a lot of success and popularity. Megadeth. Um, Jason Newstead. Megadeth, yes. And Jason Newstead has also formed a band uh, more recently. Uh, he took a, a bout of silence after he, st- uh, he left Metallica. But he, he has a band now called Newstead named after himself uh which is also <laughs> a killer killer metal band yeah so it's it, it's it's about starting with a first step and then branching out that's usually how i do it like uh, you, you if you want to go into a genre that you've never set foot on in before just see what's um what that one album is that most people sort of agree on and just try to listen yep. to it and maybe you'll you'll decide mm-hmm. yeah this still i can i can hang with this and there are definitely uh, some acts or uh, styles of music that I have that that sort of feeling with that I, I it's just not for me. Uh, but at least give that a try, and then see what 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 develops from there. Okay, is that sort of uh, what what you were aiming at, uh, Ty? Yeah, 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 definitely. And what were you uh, what were you going to say, Dick? Um, did I just say? <laughs> Thought I did. Huh? About I was answering this question on on how how to get into the music. It's just a suggestion. Just start with, uh, actually yours is better. Start with a popular album and see if you can, uh, can take that. I'm actually happy yeah, though. Go, that go I like, deep cuts. I like that sound. That sound speaks to me. Like, you know, the, actually the heavy stuff, it actually speaks to me. And the reason why I'm happy that for some reason it, it, it hits me somewhere is because I could have easily been one of those people like that says this sucks and never appreciate it. I just got lucky. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would I would consider uh, having a broad palette. The, you know, it's it's a it's it's an asset. So mm-hmm. so Clay, what uh, what are yep, your thoughts? Definitely. Can you hang with this type of music? Yeah, you yeah, can? definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. I I, no, I normally don't, but uh, I can. You know, I'm I'm very open to a lot of new things, right? Um, and yeah, I, I could uh, I could give it a try. It's old though. It's not new. All right. Well, yeah. All right, Metallica was a good first dabble then into heavier music, but uh, of course you can you can always go heavier. Yeah, definitely. Actually, '90s rock is the best, man. And I'm not just saying that because I came into it then. Oh, it's it yeah, I could agree with good. that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, grunge is one that's on my my wish list as well to do a music corner about. But uh, man, there there's just a lot to go into there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could imagine. It's pretty uh, An alternative. Pretty much grunge from yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. But uh, with those genres, for me, it's sort of the same as with reggae. Of course, you have the sort of obvious bands uh, that, that come to mind, but uh, there's a lot more to to explore. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, this I think this was Music Corner for today. Yeah, so for the next uh, Music Corner, I would actually like to dive into a more local style of music, which is very near and dear to us, I would say. Um, and it's Kaseko. So I would actually like to play a sample of that before we uh, we wrap this up. Mm. Okay. Sound good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
excited for that yeah let's do it i know i'm pretty sure let me guess that ty was dancing <laughs> were you ty <laughs> yeah i was a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right all cool right. i'm looking forward to that that's what's up and yeah. how did i get into miami base <laughs> miami base this base is gonna blow your mind Did you ever listen to them, like Uncle Al? it's because it was local to us uh no i i've i've heard i've heard i've heard that style of music suggested by uh by dame right yeah i think he did yeah yeah i think he did um but no never really gotten into that it's pretty ignorant though so <laughs> yeah it is pretty ignorant that much sexist and very and sexist vulgar <laughs> well there's, yes. there, there's probably some redeeming qualities as well i love it <laughs> <laughs> there always are mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, all right, cool, man. So, yeah, I guess I'll be uh, downloading some offline uh, Metallica. Yeah, to go, go to Napster and download some Metallica's, Metallica music. <laughs> Napster? <laughs> yeah, they, they go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit of an inside joke. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah. Go to Napster. All right, cool, man. Well, 6-6, six, six, that's what we got. Metallica. Yeah, I wouldn't want to wait for 600 episodes to really do a... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. 666 yeah yeah all right cool and dick's freaky corner it's not, that, not really that freaky but um you know just the, the the accidents that have been happening in theme parks have you guys heard about them though no at all no Mm-mm. no not at all so one of them i think it did happen in texas so that's why it kind of came on my radar it's like the the world tallest water slide at schlitterbahn which is like a, a german <laughs> water park i was gonna yeah. say that sounds very german <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of German-sounding places here in uh, Texas, man. Uh, before I go on, have y'all noticed at one point, well, in the, during the first week, they had the Olympic count up, and they had, like, the USA, China, and then Texas. As far as what? medal count goes, yeah, what? Texas was, like, the third. <laughs> You're kidding me. 
it was, I don't know if it was a glitch or somebody that works for Texas. I mean, from Texas works, <laughs> you know, on the graphic department and wanted to just kind of rub it in. But yeah. Oh, or, man. Secessionist maybe like, that uh, was working there. <laughs> hmm? Wow. Yeah, because I think the U.S. had 10 and China maybe 9 or something. And then Texas had 3 and then the countries that were, you know, under under Texas. I was like, that's cool. Well, Texas always wanted to succeed, right? So Yeah, they always wanted to, to succeed, yeah. Uh, I won't be around for that. So anyway, what was I saying? Yeah, the theme park. So there's one boy, a ten year old boy that died on the water slide. They don't really know how. He wasn't supposed to be on there. He was too short, I believe. So, but that thing looks scary, dude. You just get on a tube with three people, like a three person tube, and you just get dropped seventy five feet. What seventy five feet? Yeah. Wow. It does sound too responsible. Jeez. Yeah. And and crazy. how deep is the water you get dropped into? It's you 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 don't get dropped into. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like you slide into it. But I mean, yeah. the, the water's it's, gotta have some depth. Not really. If you look at it, no? it's just like one long slide, and it, so it goes up again. So you go get dropped down, and then that momentum brings you up again, and then down into some water. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and the kid, he was like a you know kid of like some some kind of state official or something like a representative. But oh. then um, there's a Ferris wheel accident as well that kind of dumped. I mean, why am I? It dumped some kids out of the, the bucket. What? You know how the bucket's supposed to, oh, to remain yeah. stand? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, I guess it got stuck, and then while it was turning, it kind of like fell out. <laughs> one girl got a brain injury, traumatic brain injury. Oh my terrible. gosh! Are you kidding me? And that's probably one of the safest rides you can get on a Ferris wheel. Yeah. You guys know what a Ferris wheel is, right? Where it just goes in a circle and the, very slowly. And the bucket just yeah. keeps level, yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 That's what you expect at least. So I think four kids got dropped. Yeah. Oh my gosh! From oh, thirty man. feet, I believe they got but dropped. But is, is does it have to do with um, does it have to do with poor maintenance or something, or just a freak accident? Well, uh, apparently, this, I read into it. Uh, were, uh, apparently, that that machine was not supposed to be used. It was it oh didn't meet gosh. it didn't it didn't pass inspection. So a, a piece got loose. It got lodged in there, I, I think, and it it prevented it from turning. Uh, Oh man! Oh man! Man, that's crazy. That's you know, I feel justified. Fire, I don't. Fire. I don't do these rides, so I feel more justified knowing not yeah, doing. I've it. actually stopped doing them, and now I'm really feeling like yeah, they're dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good, man. Thank you, but no thanks. Yeah, well, I was never really one for theme parks in the first place, but uh, now. yeah. Well, that's what I meant to ask you guys: Are they very common there? Because you know they're they're like all over the place here in the states. Are they? Are there a lot in Holland? There are just a few. No. Not not yeah. not many. But just, just no. And are they like in the really outskirts of the country? Uh, I would say so. I remember. Mm. Yeah, we got a couple of them, but like the last one, I can remember that a couple of people got stuck upside down for a while. Yeah, Mm-mm. that was crazy. Um, I have a memory when I was in middle school and we went on a field trip to. Uh, I, I had one experience where I was in on a on a ride with a friend, and he he claimed that his harness came loose during the ride. Mm-mm. And I was like, it was one of those, you know, extreme rides um, at at Bush Gardens. It was Kumba, I believe. And mm. he said his, and it was, it was kind of new still, and they were, had a lot of commercials for it on TV. And he said his harness came off, and I thought he was really like playing with him, man. I thought he was just joking around. And then they ended up shoot, shutting the ride down for the rest of the day for maintenance. <laughs> I was like, oh. And he's like, I told you, man. He said, my harness <laughs> came up while I was in the ride. <laughs> Jeez. That's scary. I, I know. 
It's yeah. gravity. Good, I mean, I mean, the G forces kept him in his seat. The G forces kept him in his seat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. It's the G force kept him there. Yeah. Nah, forget that. I'm sorry. No, not doing it. <laughs> not relying on the G force to keep me in my seat. No? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Mm-mm. Yikes. Yeah. Well, the, that the, is the most extreme. The most extreme thing that I did right. recently. What's the most extreme thing you did? Um, I, I was at this uh, festival. Um where they had this I don't know what you call it it's um it's basically a horizontal Ferris wheel if you know what I'm saying oh my gosh yeah I think oh. so yeah. where oh. you just sit in so a carriage and in... spins around really fast and yeah yeah oh, yeah yeah really fast it, 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 it starts up like down and then it goes up right um it well go- it, it wasn't sort of mechanized like those big contraptions it was just uh um just a mill that went around, yeah, and you were sitting in a in a seat that was suspended from from cables. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah I know what that is. Oh no, so no, no. the faster goes, the higher goes. Right? Yeah, yeah, and then also you have two guys who are just standing in the middle of it and just give you a shove every now and again, oh, just to make that. it more interesting. Yeah, what it was? Uh, yeah, they just shove they shove your your seat so that you you spin around a little bit and you you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm it's good. sort, sort of that they're they're sadists. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where they do all day, just uh, make people lose their lunch, their lose their lunch, basically. Ugh, gosh, nice. That's disgusting. And Ty, what was Ty? I'm gonna just stick to the pony ride. Yeah, me too. Well, not even that. Not none of it. Just none of it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll probably right? still do them, but like, I was never into the extreme like rides. Like mm. once it has a loop in it, yeah, no. <laughs> I only did the space mountain thing, and yeah, once, not again. Hold on, I want to tell you guys about my last. It's flight. a sensation of falling. So actually, in Vegas, huh? God. Okay, so uh, when I was coming from Vegas, uh, first I gave up one of my flights one day for a nine hundred dollar voucher. So I'm pretty proud of that one. I negotiated that. Um, but anyway, so finally, nine hundred dollars what? Flying voucher for giving up my seat. Oh. Wow. Yeah. They offered 500 first. I didn't take it. Nobody took it. And then they offered a little more. They offered 800 plus lodging and all that. And I was like, yeah, I'll take 900. And they gave it to me. Nice. But anyway, okay. the flight home, right? Um, yeah. We were about to land. And I was like really nervous about our landing, right? And I don't know if I was just being critical or anything. And I was like, oh, my God. And in my head, I'm thinking like, this guy's not going to pull this landing off. He just really felt... Like he was not, we, we were too low to the ground and still going too fast, but not low enough to be landing, right? So yeah. we're about to land and then I'm thinking like, oh man, this is going to be bad. I'm bracing. And then this guy pulls back up, right? Pulls uh-huh. back up, right? When he's, we're already over the, the, the landing strip. And I'm like, what the hell? I was like, damn. I was like, I'm kind of glad he did that because I was like, oh man, this guy's going to try to land this plane when we shouldn't be landing it, <laughs> you know, just to save face but he uh-huh. didn't do it right he pulled up yeah and then the, the person gets on the intercom and tries to tell us okay um you know we were about to land but then we hit this pocket of air and the pilot decided we shouldn't and we we're gonna try it again and everybody was just nervous <laughs> Jeez, man. everybody was yeah, just so super time, nervous yeah. huh but <laughs> the second time around right the second time i was like what if he still doesn't feel it right but he's oh just gonna say I'm gonna land it anyways, because or else I'm gonna make everybody like freak out if I do it again. I got nervous. I was like, oh man, I hope he really lands it. 
and it was kind of bumpy, but we got it. Oh, man. But that was scary. Was there applause was, when we landed it? There was silence, right? There was complete silence. And then the, the lady, uh, one of the, what do you call it, flight attendant said, well, that wasn't fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> so everybody was nervous, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody, I thought we should have clapped. <laughs> but it was just like, everybody was just quiet. And I was like, I, I didn't know if I should, if I should. Like if if I should call y'all and be like, hey man, I don't know this this plane's gonna make it. So oh know, my gosh, yeah, good to know you guys, dude. I hate that's the worst <laughs> feeling. That's the worst. It is. Feeling. That will be scary. It was pretty yeah. bad, man. All right, Dick's freaky corner. Thank you for that, Dick. Uh, where shall we find you, Dick? Uh, Dick underscore daily at Twitter. Cool. <laughs> Ty. <laughs> and the where? Well, I guess on Twitter ty09 and yeah i haven't been on social media for a while so oh, okay cool and tosh i am uh, at tosh Polak on twitter and uh, my website is still t-o-s-h-i-r-o-p-o-l-a-k.com you can find my contact details there and not much else so uh please if you have something to say hit me up on twitter that's the best that's the best place to find cool. me what about you uh, clay cw daily everywhere that matters and again like i say if it doesn't matter i'm probably there as well all righty so you're still on Anchor? Back. Say it again. So you're still on Anchor? Oh, yeah. Zing. Uh, I'm, a, I'm every now and then. <laughs> Alright, on that note, ciao, everybody. Holla. Peace. Bye. Return to your regular scheduled programming.